This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Welcome to Real Talk. On this February 22nd, Jesperson here with you, John Hicks, steering the good ship. Yes. Coming up in about twenty minutes. How you doing, pal? You doing all this morning? I'm doing good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. There's always it's always good energy when we have guests in studio. Yeah, and, I can't and, wait. You know, I'm looking forward to this. About twenty minutes from now, uh, two of the stars of this new CBC series, this new show, Push, are going to join us. Uh, th- these are two of the wheelie peeps. Uh, Bean Gill is going to join us, longtime friend of mine, entrepreneur out of the city of Edmonton, and and a, 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 a fellow they describe in the press kit as a foul-mouthed former bad boy, <laughs> Brian McPherson, who uh, rolled into the studio. He says, I'm going to try to be on my best behavior. I said, that's totally unnecessary. And so I'm looking forward to this. It's, it's uh, I know, a highly anticipated show. It actually drops coming up on Friday, this Friday, a couple of days from now. And so we're going to get an insight into what went into this show and how it all came about. But we lead off today with an acknowledgement that Canada's Healthcare system is in crisis. We know that for a fact. Surgical wait times are out of control. There's a shortage of nurses and doctors. Recruitment is an issue. Retention is an issue. Could a solution be found on home soil, so to speak? Athabasca University's got a brand new president, uh, Dr. Alex Clark, an internationally known administrator, researcher, and advocate for well-being and uh, effectiveness in academic work and workplaces. He's a researcher of the psychosocial aspects of of heart disease. He's worked in post-secondary ed for more than 20 years in Alberta, and most recently, uh, prior to his appointment as president of AU, was named the Dean of Health Disciplines at Athabasca University. He's making his Real Talk debut this morning. Dr. Clark, it's wonderful to see your face. Thanks for making time for us, and welcome to Real Talk. It's wonderful to be here, Ryan. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, this is. Uh, l- let's hit this out of the gates because a lot of people are going to be going. Why do I recognize that name? Right, because it was splashed across the headlines over the past few weeks. Uh, you're appointed to president of the university amid what some would call controversial circumstances. Named by the, by the board, this is I would imagine been a bit of a whirlwind for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a whirlwind. I'm full of uh, priorities and important work moving forward, uh, recognizing, you know, not just the challenges within the post-secondary sector in Canada, but particularly, as you say, quite rightly, the challenges in the healthcare system as well. So how you approach this uh, position from a healthcare background, obviously, and and we're going to talk uh, about Athabasca University's tradition when it comes to training healthcare workers. I think some people might be surprised to hear about the number in particular, let's say, of nurses that are graduating from AU. But when you assess the landscape of healthcare in Alberta and across the country right now, what's your diagnosis? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think... Uh, the picture in Alberta is reflective of the picture in Canada and indeed the picture in the world. Uh, you, you know, the world's experienced in the last three years something that was unprecedented. Uh, and the healthcare systems all over the world were um, struggling, w- would be, wouldn't be a, an inappropriate word, mainly because there's lots of good news generally in terms of the world's health and that people are living longer and healthier everywhere in the world. Uh, that's not just in high-income countries, but it's in low- and middle-income c- countries as well. Um, so this aging population, then, of course, we had the COVID pandemic, um, which we all experienced the effects near and far around that. 
And of course, the COVID epidemic didn't just affect and cause implications around COVID, but it also disrupted all the other ways that the healthcare system was operating um, in relation to, you know, for example, the chronic diseases that are most associated with this aging population. So we're kind of experiencing the, the lag effect of that now in terms of things it feels have got more back on track, but with some uh, long lasting episodes of long COVID um, and other outbreaks elsewhere around COVID. But generally speaking, we're trying to catch up now with all the wait lists, all the elective surgeries, uh, all the other uh, diseases and ailments that would carry on in the healthcare system anyway. And essentially all over the world, the fragility of uh, the healthcare systems has been exposed. And the more good news story is we have lots of technology that we can use now perhaps in more and different ways. But uh, technology is relatively easy, perhaps, compared to the workforce issues, because uh, you can have ICU beds, but do you have any nurses and physicians to staff them? Uh, you can have a community that has lots of needs around primary care, but do you have the nurse practitioners? Do you have the general practitioners, the family doctors um, to provide that care? So uh, technology provides some solutions, but of course, it's really that health professional workforce that's vital to providing the care that people need near to their homes and also in hospital. When you talk about the role that post-secondary institutions can play, I mean, there's 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 sort of the the obvious straight line that you can draw from you know worker shortages. Well, you got to train more workers, you got to attract more students into these disciplines. You also look at the runway that that takes, right? The number of years that that takes. You can say, well, a solution could be you know two or three or four or five years down the road. How does a post-secondary institution like Athabasca get ahead of trends and ensure that it sees these things coming in the circumstances where that's possible and react? Yeah, I mean, the good news story is we have lots at Athabasca University, we have lots of strong programs already. And if you look at the picture, not only in Alberta, but in Canada, we have students that come to Athabasca University online, studying where they are from all over Canada, as well as in Alberta. So we have lots of good programs already, particularly for nurse practitioners, who are really, really a vital workforce for supplementing and complementing the work of advanced practitioners, such as family doctors, um, and also moving nurses through the system towards different and higher credentials. So for example, we've got the country's biggest program moving uh, licensed practical nurses through to being registered general nurses. And so it's really about harnessing more what we've got, increasing access to it. And one of the great things about um, an open, flexible university like Athabasca University is nurses can study where they are. They can work where they are, wherever they are, keep working in the healthcare system, but study as well. Do their clinical practicums, do their courses, and then move quicker and more conveniently to the next level credential, which is going to be really vital for supporting the changing needs of the healthcare system. I was, I was talking to some team members of yours at, at AU just the other day, and I was, I was I, I didn't know that a third of all nurse practitioners that are working in Canada are grads of Athabasca University. That stat kind of stopped me in my tracks. Uh, you know, Athabasca University teaches more nursing undergrad students, more nurse practitioners than anywhere else in Canada. Why do you think that is? Has it always been that way? Was this an intentional sort of a recruiting move by AU over the past number of years? How did that come to be? Well, I think AU has a really strong history of anticipating needs in terms of, you know, the the first online MBA program uh, and also in this way. 
a, a really uh, a revolutionary approach to educating health professionals. And, and we know there are many, many bricks and mortar universities that have uh, nursing programs and programs for psychologists and for counselling. But Athabasca University is really unique in that flexible and open approach. And there's never been a time in the province or, or indeed the country where this approach has been more needed or more precious to meet these community needs that you're talking about. Alex, let me, let me uh, we've got a question here in the live chat and it's a good one. I know you won't mind it. Tracy says, she goes, mm, says nursing is very hands-on and has a, a lot of need for demonstrated abilities. Tracy says, I understand professional yeah. development uh, at a place like Athabasca University, but not necessarily undergraduate diplomas or degrees. What would you say to Tracy? Yeah, I mean, it's important that we work together with all the other post-secondary institutions and they provide different pathways in at different stages. So, for example, there is entry-level undergraduate programs um, across the province and across Canada. What Athabasca University specializes in is moving the credentials of the nurses on and up. So it's those LPNs moving them forward to the RPNs, uh, RNs, and then the RNs to the nurse practitioner roles. Um, so in, in this way, we have to be collaborative. There's lots of programs out there, um, but really there's no programs quite like the ones offered by Athabasca University that really provide and support the nurses to keep working in the healthcare system, but also continue to keep moving their credentials on to make their highest contribution in their career. This, this is great uh, from Tracy says we just registered our daughter for Athabasca University yesterday, which is good news. Obviously, when you look at something like healthcare and what healthcare workers uh, have endured over the past two and a half or so years through the course of the pandemic, are there recruitment issues that maybe didn't exist before? Are, are there young people with a ton of promise and potential that, that might need to be, I don't know, recruited more heavily or, or convinced to go into healthcare after seeing the, the toll that it can take on people that are currently working in the system? Yeah, I think if you if you talk to our health professionals, yes, you know, the work is challenging, but the, the work is also intensely rewarding. Mm. Um, we don't always have people coming into nursing who reflect the population. So, for example, if you look at me, obviously, uh, I came into nursing in the UK, one in 10 nurses are males. In Canada, the figure is only yeah, about one in 20 very, very roughly. So, you know, the diversity of the workforce, and we also need more students from Indigenous communities um, to come into nursing. If you if you look at the population of the healthcare needs, it really is better and more preferable when the workforce mirrors the communities and has people from the communities ideally providing healthcare in them. So we need to encourage different groups, Indigenous students, first-generation students, those students who have never come to university before, uh, to see themselves in this place. Um, because in many ways, you know, the the journey into nursing for me really has made my life. It's been intensely rewarding. And there's so much choice. Um, as you navigate your career, like me, you can go into research, uh, you can go into teaching, you can stay at the clinical practice level, uh, you can move into nurse practitioner. So if you're looking for a career that's really, really flexible and allows you to uh, express your interest and your passions, uh, I don't think there's a better choice than, than a nursing career out there. And of course, you can also, if you choose to, you can specialize in, in any different specialism from cardiology uh, to pediatrics tricks um, to that more specialist nurse practitioner role really really living your career dreams uh, and as you know some industries we're seeing that you know technology so industry is changing uh, but we're always going to need healthcare workers uh, nurses are our most common healthcare 
professional. And they're the ones who are really, I think, uh, going to be key to addressing the healthcare crisis that you're talking about. Whether we're talking about nursing or in any of the other uh, professional designations, undergrad, graduate programs, uh, PhD programs, what have you um, at AU, what impact did COVID have on enrollment there, on, on people's, I mean, I, so you look at how many things moved to online. People have completely reimagined everything from, from the, the work from home approach, uh, people chatting on Zoom or connecting uh, via online platforms, Teams, what have you, uh, Google Meet. I mean, I mean it's, just, it's just completely different than it was a few years ago. Everybody upgraded their webcams. Everybody upgraded their Wi-Fi uh, across the board. I have to imagine a post-secondary institution like AU that was already positioned in Canada as really Canada's online university. Uh, did you see a, a surge in interest or did, did more people start thinking of AU? Did you see evidence of that with regards to either heading out of high school into post-secondary or maybe returning back to study at Athabasca like so many people do? Yeah, I mean, I think um, this notion of the big resignation was very prevalent during COVID where people reflected on their life a little bit more, a little bit away from some of the hub-hub of, the, of their normal everyday living, and, and they did choose different career options. And definitely there was a surge in, in registrations across different educational institutions, including Athabasca University. Um, so very exciting when new students are coming in. Of course, we want them to continue on in their studies, which is why our unique focus is the learner experience. And, and we've been doing distance or online learning for over 50 years. Um, there are other post-secondaries, other universities who see themselves more in the online space, but they don't have that open and flexibility um, that Athabasca University has in terms of providing an educational experience that moves at the pace of the learner. Um, so you're not in a class. As your work demands get higher, you, you can study slower. And when your work demands are less, then you can progress to your courses at a quicker rate. So this flexible approach and the openness is also really important. And what that actually means is even if you don't have conventional academic qualifications that are needed for, for many of our universities, Athabasca University is a really sophisticated way to recognize your prior experience. So it doesn't really matter where you've come from. The only thing that matters in your career is where you want to dream to go. Hmm. Uh, Europe, I should mention, you're checking in from Grand Prairie right now. I, I, I understand you're going to be speaking on a panel as part of the Growing the North Conference. What, what, what's the context? Of, I mean, obviously, as president of Athabasca University, uh, that's the context. But what's what's you know the gist of what you're going to be talking about and what role do you see AU playing in Growing the North, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I think conferences like this are really, really important to bring together key stakeholders that all have to work together um, to support healthcare workers and indeed prosperity and economic benefits for the North. Uh, so there'll be representatives here from government, from community, from health services, uh, and also in my role from universities as well. Because if we're going to address and solve these crises, we're going to have to work together and we're going to have to work together well. And that's what I'm really eager to do with my friends and colleagues who are coming together at the conference today. Good stuff. Well, doctor, we appreciate you making time for us ahead of that conference. I know that uh, time is an issue here. I want to let you get to where you need to be. So thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. 
Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, everyone. You got it. That's the newly minted president of Athabasca University, Dr. Alex Clark. Uh, some great comments here on the live chat. Appreciate that. Uh, uh, those of you that, that have sons or daughters or, or maybe other family members, friends of yours attending AU, uh, giving us a sense of, of what you liked about it. Uh, TH here says our daughter was able to register as a non-program student to test the waters. Uh, we love that. She can, she can work at her job, live in a farming community and try out some courses upgrade later uh, a lot of people finding great fits there obviously Athabasca University is is a great friend and partner of real talk and that's why we want to remind you how you can connect with Canada's open university it's simple it all starts with a visit to athabascau.ca that's where you can learn more about world-class accredited online programs and courses that as th just mentioned offered flexibility uh, to learn at your own pace on a schedule that suits your lifestyle who knew hey that au graduates more nurses undergrad students nurse practitioners than anywhere else in canada i mean that's just one of the faculties you can browse the programs and courses check out the admissions process online right now at athabascau.ca if you are a recent grad or maybe you're a professional engineer that's been working in industry for a number of years and you, you just need to change a pace, uh, maybe you don't feel valued where you're working, maybe you're bored stiff with what you're being assigned to do, why not check out apexautomation.ca today? They are always hiring. When you go onto their website, the first thing that pops up is, is a link to let you know about the job postings that they have open right now. How have they tripled their team in the last two years? Well, it's simple. Obviously, everybody's moving to automation these days, and nobody does it better than Apex. You can check out how they're providing intuitive, fully autonomous solutions to industry, how they're giving people back their time, including their clients and their team members, including those that are working in advanced process control, autonomous vehicles and machinery. How cool would that be? Robotics, remote terminal units, you name it. Across North America, automation is being done the best by Apex Automation, and you can check them out online today. Shake up your career. Make a move that's better for you. Also wanted to give a big shout-out to our friends at Eden Landscaping. This is the time of year where they're, they're starting to get serious about drawing up plans, landscape designs to bring outdoor spaces to life. Don't wait until the lilacs are out. Don't wait until you see the tulips and daffodils to start thinking about reinventing your front or backyard. Get the ball rolling on that conversation today. You can find inspiration on their website, landscapeedmonton.ca, or of course, just make contact with them through the website. Tell them what you're envisioning. They'll take your vision. They'll get it down into a tangible design you can start to imagine yourself there and then it'll all come to life it all starts with a consultation today eden landscaping at landscapeedmonton.ca and a shout out to our friends at the dairy queens of northwest edmonton and sherwood park we're proud to partner with these family-owned businesses man we were hammering back some blizzards this weekend as we said the family that blizzards together stays together of course, my personal recommendation, John, we went with the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Blizzard. You went, would. Went with a classic peanut butter cup blizzard. Wyatt Rudy, our little guy, had his mind blown with another classic, the Smarties Blizzard. That might be the OG. I think the Smarties Blizzard is what is what those who know go with. You can also check out their sauced and tossed honey barbecue glazed chicken strip basket at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Coming up on Friday... CBC, 
on CBC Gem, getting set to roll out a brand new series. It looks to be hilarious, heartwarming, and insightful. It's called Push. Here's a look. We're not here to inspire you. We're sure as shit not here to be pitied. We're just a bunch of people on wheels, figuring life out, and fighting for change. Why do we have to pay to pee? Thank God we have each other. Because yeah. once in a while, oh my God. we all need someone to give us a little push. That's the Wheelie Peeps, the stars of Push, which debuts this Friday on CBC Gem. Two of the stars joining us in studio. That was the voice of Ben Veet, Bean Gill, longtime friend. It's wonderful to have you here on the show. And, and as uh, teed up earlier, the, quote, foul mouth and former bad boy. Brian McPherson. Welcome to Real Talk, you two. Thanks, Ryan. So <laughs> good to be here. Why are you laughing when we intro? First of all, who wrote the bio? Foul-mouthed and former bad boy. <laughs> is that the publicist or is that you? Uh, that was probably publicist, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it didn't take long. Yeah. How long have you two known each other? Oh, I think since the year after I was paralyzed. So coming up on 10 years yeah. this summer. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Has mm. it been 10 years, Bean? Last summer was 10 years. That wow. For, yeah. for people that aren't familiar with this story, let's let's get up to speed on both sure. of your stories. You're with your girls. You're in Las Vegas. Yeah. And illness strikes. It's, it's a story that people would have a hard time wrapping their mind around. Yeah, I, I didn't believe it until it happened to me either. But basically, it was a virus that attacked my spinal cord. And within 10 minutes, I was paralyzed, went from having really bad pain in my low back uh, to being fully paralyzed from the waist down within 10 minutes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Your, 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 uh, response and, and the way that you have lived your life and everything that you've done since has, has captured people's attention in, in, in a major way. And, and you're a celebrated entrepreneur. I want to get to that. Um, and I know you've been a huge inspiration, uh, to many, many people. Uh, Brian, you, you, you suffered an injury, didn't I, you? I did. Yeah. I had a ATV accident on August 22nd, 1995. Riding a three-wheel trike, guy in a quad cut me off, turned to miss, flipped, landed on my back, and had the machine land right on top of me. Wow! Uh, paralyzed immediately. Paralyzed immediately. Yeah. How, how how does how does it? What time? How, how old were you at the time? Seventeen. How how does a seventeen-year-old process uh, that? And yeah, not well. I spent uh, two years after the accident drinking, uh, raging alcoholic. To be honest, uh, mom and dad, tough love. You know, they uh, they could only do so much. Asked me to get out of the house. Spent a few months uh, figuring it out on the streets and trying to re regain my life. And then uh, at 19, I started turning my life around, uh, got involved in wheelchair basketball, was inducted to the Alberta Hall of Fame in 2005, mm. uh, left that, went to sledge hockey, played uh, sledge hockey for Team Canada for development team for three years. And then... Uh, as of late, became Canada's first ever disabled bobsled pilot. I uh, was last ranked third in the world. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Done some stuff in my life. Yeah. Yeah. No. Those are just my pro stuff. Yeah. 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 That's not the fun stuff. No, yeah. no, that's not the fun stuff. What's the fun stuff? Yeah. Don't leave us hanging. <laughs> I've done a lot. There's really nothing out there I haven't done. You know, I've worked in construction the last eight years, running heavy equipment. 
uh, water ski, downhill ski, rock climb. I mean, literally anything you can probably come up with as a topic. I've probably done it or tried it once or twice. Huh? How did the two of you connect? Uh, so we met when I came back from California and that's when I realized that there's, I've never seen people with wheelchairs here in Edmonton mm. and in California, they were everywhere. And I was like, what kind of bizarre land am I in where there's people everywhere here? So I made it my mission when I came back, I was like, Hey, I got to find my homies. So I went to a spinal cord injury, Alberta barbecue and Brian was manning the barbecue and he made me and my mom veggie burgers. That's how we met. <laughs> that is exactly how we met. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What was, what was it about the veggie burger in particular? You just found like he, he, he saw it coming. He knew what you were looking for. And you said, I might have found a friend in this guy. Is that it? <laughs> there was many jokes like, how do you know? How do you even cook a veggie burger? There's no blood in a veggie burger. Like, yeah, I was not a fan of cooking a veggie burger, but I did it well. <laughs> you did it. Did you do all right? I did all right. Yeah, I passed yeah, the test. Yeah, I've, I've, I've learned to navigate this. You just got to do it on lower heat. You yeah, just that, gotta, that's yeah, right. That's keep right. it off direct flame and you can you know, that's make right. it taste pretty good, right? <laughs> so right. how did this show come about? Was this your pitch or did, did CBC no, approach you or how so did this come about? Caitlin, who's our executive producer with Phoenix Film and Television, she reached out to me two years ago. She saw that I won <clears throat> top 40 under 40. Mm -hmm. And... She reached out to me saying, um, I'm applying for a grant to do a 20 minute documentary and I'd love to do it on you. So I was like, yeah, obviously let's do it. So we met, we talked and stuff. She applied for the grant, but she got denied the grant. And so then I just thought, okay, well, whatever, that's fine. And then she said that she was talking to the other producer, Sean, about me. And he said, well, why don't we do something together? So then we had a meeting and he, Sean asked me, he's like, what do you want out of this? And I've wanted a reality TV show for so long, like for so long, because mm. so many funny things happen to me all the time, <laughs> all the time. And so that's what I said. And, you know, when I was first paralyzed, I watched a show called Push Girls. And it, after watching that show, that's when I was like, wait a minute, people will date people with disabilities. You can be fit and be in a wheelchair. You can have a job and be in a wheelchair because mm. I had the stigmas of people with disabilities, even though I was one. And... But what that show was missing was kind of the other real aspects of it, of talking about, you know, pooping yourself, peeing your pants, because if you have a spinal cord injury, that's a part of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And talking about how to transfer, talking about skin health, talking about like real issues that like a lot of us face. And so for people who are newly injured, I want them to see this show and be like, okay, like I'm going to have a bright future. Right. And so that's kind of how it came to be. Hmm. Now it's actually happening. I'm I, I, by the way, it's it's super cool with us uh, if conversations just go all over the okay, place. Cool. And so, you know, I, and I know, you know, you and I, when we've talked in past, that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. Um, I read about you that, that you once vowed that you would never date someone in a chair. <laughs> Uh, so there's a, yeah, I've never dated another cripple is the way I put it. Okay. <clears throat> well, I won't put it that way, but you can yeah. say whatever you like. <laughs> Yet you are dating someone in a chair. I am. I'm dating the beautiful Victoria. She, um, she came into my life just over a year and a half ago. Believe it or not, I don't know what it is. It, it's got to be hanging out with the wheelchair people. But Victor, um, Bean had a wheelchair wash at her company. And uh, I came to help volunteer work on chairs or whatever. And Victoria was there. I laid eyes on her and I was like, oh, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. why, why, why in the first place were you, were you, were you not going to date someone in a chair? Uh, you know, I'm always about the comedy. When I when, when I answer questions, um, you don't know whose legs, who's when you're crawling into bed, you oh, know, geez. um, the whole stigma when you're out in yeah. public, you know, Oh, look at the cute little couple in a wheelchair. 
I mean, there was a lot of reasons. Um, now, I mean, I'm big enough. If you want to mouth me off, I'll punch you in the mouth. It'll be quick. But, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, Victoria, Victoria's a wonderful woman. And the one thing I've learned real quickly is there's a, it, it makes life a lot easier because there's not a lot of explaining that uh -huh. has to be done on either side. You know, we we have our days, we have our moments, but uh, there's a there's a level of understanding because we both do have a disability. So. Huh. And so this is this this group, the Wheelie Peeps, mm -hmm. um, which is just the greatest name of all time. It's like you guys need like uh, jackets, like in Greece yes. or something, right? You yes. need jackets, tracksuits. Uh, yeah, tracksuits for sure. Did you all know each other before the show, or has this show brought you into some new friendships? You all knew each other before. Yeah, these are all my friends. Yeah, and they're all different from friends from different corners. And with this show, what's beautiful about it is it's, it's bringing people together. Mm. right and like uh, creating new relationships and stuff and so yeah it's just all of these people have been my friends and i pitched about 50 people to yeah. the producers and i was like take your pick wow you so you've just got these huge personalities everybody yeah. sort of brings their own uh, bit to the table we've had a yeah. chance to to see the trailer and a, and, and a few of the clips i'm really looking forward to when it launches on friday Thanks. how are you feeling about it do you I'm like so nervous you must have you must have i mean this is i remember the first i shrieked when i first saw it because you and i have known each other i think i met you right around the time of your injury yeah. um and uh, so we've known each other for about 10 years now yeah. i was watching like hockey night in canada or something and all of a sudden this there you were and i was like what i, I was like oh my gosh this is a huge deal but yeah. but you it, it sort of it puts you into position it thrusts you into a position of a, of a, of a national or international advocate now yep. um, how do you wrap your mind around that and, and what does that come with oh man I'm like on, on the peak of excited and nervousness yeah right like I'm really excited because there's so much good that's going to come from the show I'm really nervous because I'm putting my whole life out there for everybody to critique and mm -hmm. judge and so as much as support, there's going to be a lot of support and stuff. There's for sure going to be hate, right? Those trolls are out there. I've already had no, them. find so, something. Yeah. So what have you already had? Give us an example. What are you getting trolled about? Uh, well, I don't really read the comments anymore. So when I'm Smart. on media, like when, you know, if uh, CBC or Global or CTV, somebody produces a, um, an article or something, yeah. I used to go and read the comments on their pages. And on those, that's when I would see people like, you know, some girl commented, oh, well, just learn how to walk. Like I learned when I was a toddler or like, you know, just comments like that. And it's just like, you know, these are keyboard warriors who would never say that to my face. Yeah. But they'll say it behind a, a computer, right? Yeah. One of the things I've loved uh, about you and really respected about you and, and here you are doing it, you know, you're, People talk about you know you're an you're a an EDI expert you know mm -hmm. equity diversity inclusion mm -hmm. and 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 there's sort of like the high level conversations and I'm not diminishing those yeah. about what do we need to do as a society how do we need to build our cities but you always you cut right to the chase like here you are you're like spinal cord injury you're gonna poop your pants that's right you're gonna pee yourself yep. I remember we had a whole conversation on the radio about people in wheelchairs like to have sex too <laughs> you know yeah. we like to enjoy pleasure too like yep. you, you you've really it seems taken it upon yourself to to prompt and 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 in many circumstances host or mm -hmm. carry on these conversations about things that are real life but they just don't seem to happen i don't know if people get awkward about it people for get sure. nervous about talking about that kind of stuff yeah for sure people get awkward about it right and for me i just honestly have no more patience left i don't care huh. i have no more patience uh, this is how we live our lives if you are uncomfortable about it that's a you problem not a me problem yeah Right. And like, why are we embarrassed or uncomfortable talking about bodily functions that literally every human body does? Yeah. Right. 
it's just society we've said oh well you know we don't poop and we don't pee but like yeah you do <laughs> yeah you do we all do if we didn't eat and you didn't drink then maybe okay but like so to get rid of that stigma to get rid of that like on that awkward air about it because as a newly injured person that's what's really uncomfortable and really embarrassing is like the bowel and bladder and like sexual function right so if we can just talk about it and make it normal then it'll feel normal for more people too are you seeing yourself brian as, as like an ambassador I mean, how are you approaching your role to this? You, you obviously you you, you have a, a a gift when it comes to the one-liners. That's pretty clear. Yeah. That's pretty evident. Yeah. You'll be providing some levity on the show. But do you do you perceive yourself to have an assignment as part of this? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been an honor to be a part of it. I, you know, I'm very grateful for being and and CBC and all, all the people that that invited me to be a part of the show. I mean, one, my attitude is I really don't give a shit. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm just here for the ride. But 20, 20 years, you know, being in a wheelchair and um, I've done it all. And I think my end of it is just showing like, you know what? It don't matter whether you got a disability or not. It's what you do with yourself. And it's, and it's, and you know, I've never looked at myself as a person with a disability. I mean, I've just gone and done what, done whatever I wanted to do and, and never looked back. So mm. I hope that it just shows people out there that, you know, it, mind over matter you know mm -hmm. it uh there are some tough things that we go through and and you know it's unfortunate that here i am rattling off all these wonderful things i've done in my life and this little season that's coming out i've had a really rough go with my health mm -hmm. and uh but it it's great because it gets to show that side of it as well yeah. can we talk about that absolutely we yeah can. Well, what's been going on Yes, yeah, so uh, you know it all started uh, back in 2015 uh, with a testicle that uh, swelled up. Uh, they had no idea what, what caused it. They removed it. No investigation done. A few years have gone by, infection back and forth, back and forth. And uh, December of 2020, uh, they said they found a little track inside my pelvis. So huh. they were going to go in and clean it up. Eight days after that surgery, uh, I exploded gangrene out of my groin and damn oh, died. Uh, I had to have three surgeries in five days. Uh, it was probably one of the darkest times yeah. of my life. Yeah, I did. I'm still dealing with trauma, drama. To be to be honest with you. Um, long story short, is uh, because of in and out catheters uh, over many many years. Yeah, one catheter had punctured through my urethra and oh. it made its own passageway in my pelvis. So uh, this year they went back in to quote unquote finally fix the problem and. Uh, I love your table, knock on wood. But yeah. uh, apparently it's the first time I'm not leaking since 2015. Huh. So it's been a rough road um, for my health. Um, well, this is uh, this is White Oak from Urban Timber. So I, I, yeah, I, beautiful, I perhaps beautiful this table. holds some special power. When yeah, you on yeah this that's and, what I'm hoping. And we'll, we'll wish you good health there. So, so it is it is a health issue related uh, to being in a chair, to, to using that catheter. Absolutely. What are what are some what are some of the other things that like I mean, I, gosh, we could sit here for three hours, couldn't mm -hmm. we? But like, what are some of the other things people just don't think of? Like you know, for example, here we have we have a we have a we have a, a comment here. Uh, this is from Kathy who says our neighbors in a chair. Uh, we've been called over more than once to help her with a transfer from chair to bed gone wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, Kathy says it was a learning curve for her, but we think we've got it mastered now. What, what's something else? What's an example top of your head that somebody might not think about? Uh, life in a chair like as, as people become enlightened by watching this show what are some of the things they're going to realize um that a lot of people who are paralyzed can move and feel their paralyzed parts 
A lot of people don't know that. Like the stereotype is that if you're paralyzed, you can't move and you can't feel anything, right? Yeah. There are a lot of people who can't move and can't feel anything. That is true. But the majority of us can move and can feel parts of our body below the level of paralysis. Mm. Yeah. You've been uh, you've been an advocate for uh, like, I mean, you just for, for people on the podcast, you just rolled your eyes like it's almost like you don't want me to finish my sentence, uh, which is so funny. I just love sitting with you. But uh, uh, but, uh, you know, for example, Plain Power says there's no way I could traverse this city in a wheelchair, uh, at least mm-hmm. in most communities, says the number of uncleared sidewalks, the lack of ramps mm-hmm. uh, to navigate curbs or yep. stairs is a huge screw you to anybody not using two feet. Why are you shaking your head like you disagree, Brian? What's going what about what are we saying that's this inaccurate? is a this is a huge argument that i have with bean and, and everybody you gotta when i say i ran heavy equipment i ran a skid steer for nine years doing snow removal okay with a disability yeah driving my own truck unloading my own skid steer off a trailer in foot and a half of snow to go clear snow uh you know a lot of complaints about in the city are you know the snow doesn't get cleared quick enough well, do you know how much it takes to clear sidewalks? Just like five Sobies in a night? You know, that's a lot of manpower. So, I mean, I Man, understand. you're arguing saying. for the wrong side I, now. I, I understand that. But, you're arguing but, for but let's, let's argue about what, like, when guys are doing snow removal and not clearing, not clearing the disabled uh, curb cuts or they're shoveling right to where the curb cut is and leaving the snow there those are valid arguments absolutely i would never change that away could we do more in the city with uh, proper curb cuts and 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 safety yes absolutely i would not deny that but i think that goes with anything in the world everything can be made bigger better better you know but uh yeah it's you know the winter time we do kind of stay a little bit more secluded it's not as easy as as it would be with two good legs and i won't deny that huh I just, uh, I've worked in it, so I don't, it doesn't bother me. As well. On the other side. Oh, no, it's very clear it doesn't bother you at all, Brian. No, no nothing bothers you, does it? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's lots that bothers me. I'm getting lots of dirty looks from me. And, you know, it's like you're undoing years of advocacy her, right her, now, Brian. Her, her and I could probably go, go a couple yeah. rounds with boxing gloves about over this. this. But how, how frequently how, how frequently do you, do you encounter a scenario where you can't gain access to something or where there's a circumstance outside of your control based on accessibility or a mobility challenge that, that there's nothing you can do about is that a daily occurrence yeah, for you yeah i mean literally from the first snowfall right even in my own neighborhood i can't get around my whole block i could not cross the street in my neighborhood because the curb cuts aren't cleared and then the roads aren't cleared because it's a residential neighborhood right and so like yes i understand like what brian's saying about how hard snow removal is but i think if we had better infrastructure if we had better uh use of our budget i think that it could be so much better we just need more people with disabilities in those roles who are making these decisions, not just an advisory committee, not just somebody who says, yeah, I have a disability. Let me check this box that you talked to somebody with a disability about this. Yeah. Somebody who's actually doing it. That's what we need. So we need people with disabilities to really step up, yeah. get out of their houses. And I hope that this is what the show does too. It shows people to get out of your house and go do things. Like we have to be the change that we want to see. So if you're going to sit there and complain about snow removal, 
go and do something about it. Hmm. Do the two of you have opportunities or, or, or do you make it, uh, you know, do you intentionally make sure that that you're speaking with people that have just recently been injured or people that are that are just adjusting to life in a chair in particular, maybe even younger people like you were 17 years of age? I mean, really, at that time, navigating a circumstance, I think most most people would would find to be impossibly difficult yeah i mean um so, so for a while i worked for spinal cord injury alberta uh and that was kind of my job getting to know the new injuries and whatnot uh, because i left and went into construction and just wanted to do my own thing kind of went back from that but i mean because i've been an advocate with sports i've met a lot of new injuries and done whatever yeah and being with bean i mean um I, there's nothing that this woman could ask of me that I would say no to her. So, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times Bean will decide the kind of person that she feels would, would best fit for the whoever the new injury is. And she'll call me in any day of the week and say, hey, I got somebody you willing to spend a minute or two? And absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't I? So you're, you're kind of like a... Uh, I don't want to say matchmaker, but matchmaker. Yeah, I mean, in a way, right? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, disabilities don't discriminate. Right. So we get people from every walk of life, every color, every size, every socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. And so people resonate with different types of people, which is also something I think that people are going to like about the show is there's different. We're really different. We're a very diverse cast or group of friends. And so there's always somebody to relate to. So I try to match up these newly injured people with somebody whose personality that they're going to mesh well with. Right. Because if you put somebody really conservative with somebody who's not. I mean, if your personalities don't get along, they're not going to learn from that any kind of like mentorship there. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to, before I forget, so here we are arguing over snow removal. If you want to have a conversation we won't argue about, let's talk about disabled parking. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore. Yeah. I am literally done with society. You know, people ripping into a disabled parking spot for five seconds. Yeah. Or better yet, not recognizing some of our vehicles you know, I have a side entry van. So my ramp comes out a minimum of four and a half feet. Well, it doesn't mean that I jump off at four and a half feet. I have another four feet of scooter that has to come out on top of that. So people that park right up against other people's vehicles, when it's in a disabled parking spot, you know, those stalls need to be big enough to allow for this. And, you know, I'm just tired of it. I, I can tell you some of the bad things I've done to people uh, for <laughs> yeah, parking. I mean, if you want to treat parking this like spot. a confessional, that's what okay. uh, Yeah, you know, I've hooked chains. I used to drive a Dodge Ram Dooley when I did snormool. And I had a kid be a smart ass to me and park in a parking spot. And he went into the store and I hooked two chains to his axle and dragged his vehicle across the parking lot. And when he came out, flipped him the bird and drove off. So, yeah, I mean, um, I really don't have a, I am not scared to jump in anybody's face over it, but it is the biggest load of bullshit that we can talk about for people with disabilities. And that's a common thing every day. Yeah. I could literally put you in my vehicle right yeah. now. And I swear to God in five minutes, I will find some idiot parked in a disabled parking yeah. spot with no respect for anybody else mm -hmm. huh. tell us how you really feel <laughs> it's so annoying <laughs> it is and these food delivery people are the worst 
Go on. The worst ones. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like taking up the taking up the spot. Yeah. Prime. Yeah. Well, because it's right there, right? It's right there. People, like you said, five minutes, five seconds. What are the chances that someone with a disability is actually going to show up in that moment? And yet, there you are. There we are. And I have a lot of people that sit in the spot. So my favorite is always go up and I look in the window and I'm like to make it look like I'm really looking in their car and wait till they roll the window down. Yeah. And then I apologize and I tell them that, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that stupid and ignorance is a disability. And then I just wheel <laughs> into the place. That's my new one. Yeah. I think you might wind up getting your own talk show as a result <laughs> of this. So you, are you prepared for what might come as a result of this? Uh, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. I know, I, to be totally honest, I'm expecting to get a lot of feedback, rougher feedback than most. Rougher feedback? Yeah. Feedback. That's yeah. the nicest. Oh, I'm getting yeah. some feedback yeah. right now. I really don't give a shit, though. Did you it's going to go in delete column. As a guy getting into construction, yeah. uh, did you have to, like, do, do, do they just, you know, treat, treat you like one of the fellas or did you have to advocate for yourself and so i've done so i did auto body for eight years uh repainting bumpers and fenders and i've done construction and the way i got both jobs was um one was through a friend but when the boss came over and said well what are you capable of doing yeah i said i have no idea i said but tell you what i'll make a deal with you uh i'll donate a month of time and within that month, if you feel that I'm no, not going to fit or it's not going to work for the company, let me know and we'll, we'll go our separate ways. The auto body company, I had the job within two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, construction, I mean, I grew, grew up with the guy, but uh, he gave it a solid three weeks. And uh, yeah, I started residential grading for him and became his uh, field supervisor within a probably a year but i just love i mean you first of all you do such a great job of of painting pictures with your words but i mean you know i'm envisioning you rolling up in your own in your dually right you get out like you said in a foot and a half of snow you unload the skid steer you get into the skid steer you clear the snow you load it back up you're off to your next job yeah and and i would and i think of like what a powerful message that would send to to be honest like just to say it uh to a lot of employers or, or members of the general public that that might sort of assume that because you're in a chair that you might not be capable of doing things you are capable of doing. And that's why, I mean, I think that this show obviously will go a long way. You, I mean, you're nodding like you probably have had this experience, you know, in, in yeah. pretty common ways or at least seeing, you know, your fellow wheelie peeps making those same moves, mm-hmm. I, I guess, really advancing uh, industry and advancing opportunities, opening doors for people that otherwise might have them closed in their faces. For sure. We get underestimated all the time mm. because people think, oh, well, your legs don't work. That means mean you're not smart and you can't do anything. You need help with everything. That's one of the big stereotypes is that we need help with everything. But you'll see after watching the show, yeah, we need help with some stuff, but like we can do almost anything that we want to do and anybody can do anything they want to do. You just have to want to do it and be willing to try. And are you going to do it perfectly the first time? Absolutely not. Are you going to fail? Probably. Right. But then like you just keep trying and keep going. Like the first time you transferred into a skid skier, how how did that go? Like how did you- Yeah, that wasn't pretty. Right. You had to figure out where to transfer, where to put your hands, where to put your butt, where are you going to put your wheelchair? Like it's all a process. And if employers are listening to this or watching the show, I want them to see that we're not just invalids. We're not just, like I said in the trailer, we're not sure shit, not here to be pitied. We don't want your damn pity, man. Mm. We want respect. Uh, This is great. People are like losing it in the live chat right now, which is awesome. 
that's some the people are like demanding merch. They want to buy Wheelie Peeps t-shirts. I mean, you know, nice. uh, Ken, this is a great comment from Ken who says, what an important addition to the ongoing discussion about bike lanes. Uh, he says it's not only cyclists that benefit from bike lanes. That's oh, an interesting really? angle. Interesting because two years ago, one of my friends who uses a power chair and has a guide dog who lives downtown was in a bike lane because it was cleared of snow and the sidewalks were not. And she yeah. got pulled over by a cop. What? She was given a warning. Come on. Yep. No. Yep. And she's the cop said, you're in a bike lane and you're not in a bike. And she said, he said, you should be on the sidewalk. And then she looked at the sidewalk and she's like, well, look at the sidewalk. It's covered in snow and ice. And, you know, it's been rutted, like stepped on and stuff. Right. So how do you drive a wheelchair on that? And he said, that's not my issue. My issue is this is a bike lane and you're not in a bike. Oh. And he gave her a warning. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get EPS on board with uh, letting wheelchair users use bike lanes if bike lanes are going to get cleared multiple times instead of sidewalks. I don't even know what to say right now. I've already, I've told this to EPS. I get to talk to EPS like rookies and stuff every wow. couple times a year. And this is, I say this story every time. Wow. <clears throat> what's another story that would blow people's minds? What's, what's another situation that you've heard about uh, relating to somebody in a chair? Uh, the, the, I mean, is there, the, you look like maybe there's not one, one that's occurring to you right now, but I'm still processing what you just told me. Yeah. It's, it's just like, like I'm like, I'm like, want to go right now. Like, what was this badge number? Like, I, I feel like we I need know. to blow. Well, how long ago was this? Like, this needs to be a major news story. That's outrageous. It was outrageous, but we get discriminated against all the time, all the time. We get underestimated all the time. And it's just like, it's so annoying because we're like, we're people, many of us are highly educated. Many of us are very successful, but like we still get treated like, oh, you poor thing. You just must need help with everything. Well, and then the other thing too, is when you do talk up, now you're the angry group. Yeah. And it's like, you know what, man, I'm not angry. You just pissed me off. You're, you're the idiot, you know, but the people are so self-righteous in their thought process that, you know, it's, it's tough to, uh, tough to beat that down. And I think in the show, you're going to see all different things that are going to come up where people are going to go, shit, I never really thought of that yeah. and mm -hmm. be like, yeah, you didn't. So the next time, maybe give it a little thought, Thank mm -hmm. you, you know, mm -hmm. and just kind of go that way. Yeah. You're talking, I want to ask you about the anger thing. Yeah. Cause, cause. I mean, right around the time of your injury, you just got this beaming smile across your face when I asked you about it. But you, you shared about, uh, and I'm not making light of it, but you shared right after your injury, you said you had a couple of years where you found yourself drinking heavily. Yeah. Uh, you know, your parents had to sort of adjust the relationship and ask you to leave for a while. That's right. Uh, is that relationship back on track? Oh, of course. Yeah. My mom, two proudest parents you'll ever meet Aww, in your damn life. And no wonder. Know, I, I couldn't have asked for, I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for that, that, that specific decision. Yeah. I don't think I ever would have became the man I am. Today. Did you have to, did you have to, was it, was it like, uh, gosh, I just cut right to the chase. Uh, did, did you, was it, you were feeling sorry for yourself? Was it that you were devastated because you, you lost your mobility? You, what you were used to obviously an active guy was, did you, did you grapple with or wrestle with anger? I mean, how, yeah, how, do, you, it, how do you navigate that? It is so many things. I mean, I was a baseball player, uh, you know, making my way very successfully. Yeah. So that was tough to let go of. And again, you're 17 and we're not talking about 2020 where inclusivity is a, is a big conversation. Mm -hmm. We're talking about 1995, you know, and mm -hmm. back in 95 where there's no Facebook and no, no way to contact people to find out answers. So it's a, it's a, it was a much more alone time I feel. Yeah. And uh, you know, the anger, I mean, I just couldn't get over it. I was just pissed nonstop because now, 
like Bean said, you know, you're pissing in your shit and yourself. You're constantly wet and you're, you know, paralyzed at 17 by 18, you know, now we're going to the bar. Well, how is that going to become attractive? And, you know, I'm this, that, and the other. Luckily, that's the chair is actually a chick magnet. So, so. <laughs> but uh, you have a bit of a different setup. You're in a scooter. Yeah. So what happened was uh, this last February, I found out that I've got bursitis in both arms and tore oh, okay. a tendon in my left shoulder. And to the point where I'm not even allowed to work anymore. <clears throat> um, pushing a manual chair. If I were to push that chair for about 15 minutes, I'd be in quite a bit of pain. Okay. Because mm -hmm. so you're pretty jacked to, there, bud. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you know, your, your arms it. look like my legs. Yeah, well, I've spent 27 years of hauling this fat ass around, you know. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, hopping in and out of hose, skid steers, trucks. Like, I've put the weight, put the muscle into it. Yeah. But, Anyways, they told me to get into a power mobility device, and yeah, I kind of dig the scooter more. I'm a hell of a good driver, so yeah, yeah, the mm -hmm. scooter works just fine for me. Uh, my cousin's in a chair, uh, and he lives with MS, and um, he's, uh, I'm going to start crying when I talk about it. We went to uh, an Oilers game a while ago, and you know, they always say in the, in the rink, I don't know, it's like just hitting me. It's just like walloping me as we talk. I love them so much. Um, but, you know, they say, you know, for the national anthem, they say, please stand if you're able. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's always like for many years. And we would even when I was working for the team, I would swing by uh, his his seats and, uh, you know, the area where he would watch the game. And we we have the anthem together. We'd experience that before I went to work, mm -hmm. you know, T-shirt tosses and the like. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he would always be sitting, obviously. And everyone else would stand. And he just got this new chair it's balling like it's under i think this thing's like 30 or 40 grand i mean mm -hmm. it's unbelievable but it rises up and so now when the national anthem he rises mm -hmm. up and there he is six feet tall for the national anthem and i just like the first time i saw it you can tell yeah. the impact it had on me and it was just like it's just this one tiny thing yeah um but when it comes to like dignity yeah. or when it comes to that sort of inclusive idea or mm -hmm. what it allows him to do to be at eye level with everybody else mm -hmm. during a national anthem i mean it's just remarkable are yeah. you seeing in, in in your decade long journey now mm -hmm. have you seen society evolve technology evolve or things i mean obviously this is also we should mention your business so you're still doing ryu right yeah of course yeah. you know the, the the paralysis recovery center which mm -hmm. is i mean obviously we refer to you as an entrepreneur this is a, a big part of it people can check out ryu.ca that's r-e-y-u uh, .ca. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've really seen, I would imagine, a lot of innovation on that front. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been a lot more inclusion, um, but we still have a long ways to go yeah. in that, in like in reality. Right. I mean, when people are talking, talking is one thing. Yeah. Actions are vastly different. Mm. Other thing. Right. So a lot of companies are using equal opportunity employer as a great marketing tactic. DEI this, DEI that. It's great marketing. But <clears throat> when it comes down to it, is there, are you actually are you actually hiring people with disabilities or not? Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's uh, like the story you shared is those little things that really make a big difference in the quality of life. Mm. Right. Being able to stand up and even just so somebody's saying stand up if you are able. Yeah. Right. I've been to so many like events and stuff where they don't say that. Everybody stand up. Everybody on your feet. Yeah. And it's just like just add the words if you can. If yeah. you're able, yeah. <laughs> right? Because that, and that makes me feel included, ah. right? Just like, like I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, so when I go out drinking or with my friends and stuff, I usually get wine or Coke in a wine glass because then that makes me feel included. Sure. Right? So same kind of thing. Just, you know, make sure your actions match your words because talk is cheap. Mm.
What an opportunity for the two of you and for your fellow wheelie peeps to just yeah. like school the nation. Yeah. Right? I feel like everybody's going to be on this learning journey. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be impossible for people to ignore this show with you two involved. You know? Uh, yeah. 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 I think we're a little louder than the most. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is absolutely yeah. amazing. Well, I'm super excited. And and I mean, I, I feel like we're tight enough for me to say I'm really proud of you. you. I mean, I feel like this is this has kind of been a long time coming. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. I just can't even believe that it's here. Like this this week is actually happening. This is actually happening. Yeah. It's felt like it was so far away. And <clears throat> what's so funny is it's like, we're just regular people, right? And that's what we want people to understand is we're just regular people who have disabilities. And within our friend group, I mean, we love messing around with able-bodied people because it's so fun, yeah, right? And Absolutely. like we do a lot of it in this show. And I think that's what's going to make that big impact of people actually understanding and learning about people life, like life with a disability. Yeah, I love it. Are, are you guys doing something special for launch on Friday? You guys getting together? Or are you just going to... Watch at home, pop some popcorn. What's the plan? We're having a party tomorrow, a launch party tomorrow, okay. pre-event. Um, and then, yeah, we'll all be at home. Open watching. to the public or no? Is it a private affair? Uh, it's a private affair. Okay. You, you don't want us to blast <laughs> it out and invite everybody? Okay. <laughs> well, let me say this. Uh, people can watch Push uh, starting on Friday. That's February 24th. Uh, on CBC or CBC Gem. You can watch it uh, live Fridays, uh, Friday evening. Check your local listings, obviously. And uh, when's the last time I said that? And uh, you can catch it on CBC Gem as well. Starting February 24th, you can download the CBC Gem app from Apple's App Store or Google Play, or you can watch it in your browser. Just Google push on CBC. Uh, we've been hanging out with... Uh, I love this foul mouth former bad former bad boy. I don't know where the former yeah, is. Like, I, when, I think. Well, like, are you? You look personally offended at the word former. I, I'm very offended because we can go all back and I'll show you how bad boy I am. Well, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. No, I don't. I think Victoria came into my life and they think I'm kind of refined. So you're settling. You're, settle, you're you know, yeah, yeah, she's a rough. She's, she's, a she's sanding down the edges. She's sanding the edges, yeah. but people don't realize she's trying to use a paper to sandwich so there's a long way to go absolutely hilarious my face hurts from smiling right now that's brian mcpherson and bean gill two of the stars of push uh hang out with me here you guys because we're about to head out to the mountains all right so just take a second here this is a, a tr tradition for us every wednesday uh courtesy of our friends at tourism jasper we have a chance to uh and this feels like the right spirit we, we've just been talking about getting out and exploring and, and re reminding ourselves of of the value of of exercise and fresh air and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today in my jasper memories presented by tourism jasper i don't know if you guys heard but uh marmot basin has seen an absolute Absolute dump of snow this week uh, so it's a perfect chance to get out there into uh, my in my mind the best alpine experience in the country uh, there's literally almost never a lift line at marmot basin the infrastructure out there is absolutely fantastic a big part of why marmot is winning both local and international hearts is because it's so family friendly this is like the family day week right what a great opportunity to get out there 16 centimeters of snow yesterday alone 91 runs that are divided category wise almost equally between novice intermediate advanced and expert so there's something for every member of the family at marmot basin if gramps and grandma want to do just a couple of runs call it a day three cozy mountain chalets to serve them too but for those with the skills the double black diamond level confidence tres hombres is a steep north-facing treeless slope 
that descends 367 vertical meters. That's my favorite part of the mountain. There's also daycare-only options, uh, all-inclusive packages for everybody, lessons and rentals included in some of them. There's the Little Rascals Nursery that can take kids 19 months to 6 years old. You can check out the Tiny Tracks or the Marmot Mites programs. And maybe you don't fancy spending like half your entire day <laughs> with the impatient tots. Marmot Basin is renowned, as mentioned, for almost never having lift lines, uh, which is actually true. Uh, take my word for it. You can't feel crowded out there. It's almost impossible. You spend more of your day on the hill actually skiing. And Marmot Basin has this wonderful, unpretentious atmosphere. And the layout is really logical. It's perfectly designed, makes it easy to arrange meetup spots. You can ski straight to your car. There's great tailgating out there and, and generally avoid getting lost. So 16 centimeters of fresh and continuing through the week. You can learn more about Marmot Basin by visiting them online. Check out their Instagram. And of course, you can plan your Jasper getaway by checking out jasper.travel. These conversations happen because of sponsors like Tourism Jasper. We also wanted to mention a few others. Before we sign off for the day, that includes our friends at Friesen Brothers. We're coming up on the first of the month. Wanted to let you know that March 1st, it's a week from today. It means that groceries are going to be 15% off all purchases of $75 or more. Friesen Brothers is in 16 different Alberta communities. So why not make a visit to Friesen Brothers? It's a perfect time to pick five for $25. That promo's back when it comes to fresh Alberta proteins. Uh, You can also check out what they're doing in celebrating the up-and-coming talent across the country right now, in particular across the province of Alberta. Friesen Brothers is proud to support the future of Alberta food. It's an artisan cuisine challenge. It's happening at Nate, celebrating the students uh, that are studying right now, butchering, baking, cooking, And, of course, the art of hospitality. It's coming up on the 24th. Uh, You're going to want to get your tickets today online at Friesen.com. Right now, everybody's budget conscious, right? Whether it's groceries or utilities, car insurance, whatever it is, families are paying more. That's why we encourage you to check out Park Power today at parkpower.ca. It's a great chance. It takes two minutes or less to compare rates. Whatever you're paying for electricity, natural gas, or internet, don't forget the promo code REALTALK23. That's REALTALK23. When you bring your business over to Park Power, use that promo code. They're going to knock $50 off your bill for every one of the utilities that you bundle. So if you go electricity, natural gas, and internet, that's 150 bucks off your first bill from Park Power. It also makes sense to start thinking about your sustainable energy goals. Why? Because right now the government of El- uh, the government of Canada, rather, it's the feds, uh, they have a $40,000 interest-free loan available. It's called the Canada Greener Homes Grant. You can go to the blog link at kubienergy.ca to learn more about that. You want to get solar panels on your roof? You want to get more energy efficient? It all starts with a consultation and a free quote from Kubi Energy. They'll start the design process now. That means they can be up on your roof in the spring. They're the busiest installer in Western Canada for a reason. You can check out their blog at kubienergy.ca. A big shout out to our friends at Complete Care Restoration. You know, we're so proud to partner with them. They're the ones that built this studio, including solving some problems. There was a water leak. We couldn't have it with electronics at play. The team at Complete Care went to work and buckled this thing up beautifully. We trust them and you can trust them too. If you experience, heaven forbid, fire damage, flood damage, you need to get rid of mold or asbestos, nobody does it better than Complete Care Restoration. You can find them online at completecarerestoration.com. 
www.localenvironmentalservices.ca. And of course, our friends at Local Environmental Services getting ready like the rest of us for Trash Talk coming up on Friday. We got an absolute barn burner of an email from Michael in Victoria, B.C. yesterday calling me to the carpet. I can't wait to read it. I already emailed him back. I said, pal, I think this might be the email of the month. It's about Jamie Soleil, but he's got me in his sights. We love it. Local Environmental Services gives you a chance to blow off steam every Friday with an email to talk at ryanjesperson.com. If you're in business, big or small, you're probably paying too much. If your garbage and recycling isn't being handled by Local Environmental Services, you can get a quote today at localenvironmental.ca. And before we sign off for the day, a reminder that Whiskey Drop has our Real Talk Cask Number no. 2 Maple Bourbon available for order right now. You check out whiskeydrop.ca, you click on the search link, punch in Real Talk, and there you'll find it. Our Cask Number no. 2 Bourbon by Broken Barrel. They'll ship it no matter where you are across the country. John, you know, I just saw a note on their website. They actually can't ship this week. It's too cold. That's right. When the temperature goes below minus 27, oh, really? they actually have to wait to ship. Isn't that hilarious? It's something you wouldn't think about. But shipments will be going out on the 27th of February across the country. It's the Real Talk Cask 2 by Broken Barrel, a wonderful distillery out of California that we're proud to partner with. Uh, coming up before this week is out, uh, wanted to put this on your radar. The report is done. Uh, the federal government, the Emergencies Act, was it properly invoked or not? Oh boy, Brian's shaking his head. I didn't think to go to the Emergencies Act in our conversation. We're going to have to bring you back, pal. The two of you. Maybe another roundtable coming up. We're going to get into what the report found and why it's important. And Sapria Devetti's back on Friday with some news to share. I can't wait to connect with her. We've missed her. We'll see you soon. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego, Human Resources Lena Shepard, Website Design Mike Johnston, VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a Relay Project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.